Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode six of The Snapshot. We are your hosts. My name is Brandon Patrick, and I'm joined by none other than Marvel Snap phenom, KM Bess. The Snapshot is a Marvel Snap podcast focused on the competitive side of the game, and episode six is all about the new season that just dropped, Quantum Mania. We'll be going over new cards coming out this month, as well as our expectations for the meta and our and strategies to climb. Let's get into it. What's going on, y'all? Uh, the only thing that matters is that there are they are going to nerf Silver Surfer and Zabu. And as far as we know, based on a reliable data mining source, uh, that nerf will be that Silver Surfer will become a three cost two power card that gives plus two to all other three cost cards and that Zabu will become a three a, a two cost two power card that has his current effect but is uh downgraded by one so where he currently gives your four cost cards two less cost now he will give your four cost cards one less cost cam are these nerfs enough yes yes i believe they are I believe they're at least enough to make it so that this is not the most obviously broken thing to be doing. It, it's a good nerf because these might still be the strongest things you can do in the game, right? Mm -hmm. And that's good. It's kind of a good thing that there are still, you know, avenues to explore in Marvel Snap, right? Like, that, it's not the end of the world that we get to play, you know, Zabu and Silver Surfer. What was the end of the world was how strong they used to be. You know, that it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I'm happy that you know, I'm happy specifically Surfer is still going to be played. I thought I, I find that card fun and I guess somewhat interesting. Zabu, on the other hand, you know, the discount, I do enjoy playing Zabu, but I think that the Zabu nerf is uh, pretty significant, right? Like it drastically changes, you know, the amount of cards you can drop on turn six. I mean, it just changes how the whole entire deck curves out, right? Um, but Surfer, Surfer, when it originally released, it being plus three, I remember having to kind of double take on the text because I just figured it would be plus two. But it was plus three, and that felt, it felt just above rate. You know, they did give you the extra two power added onto Surfer, which used to be a zero power, um, which I guess helps you win that Surfer lane. I think sometimes, you know, sometimes the Surfer lane would be a bit lower power than something like the Brood lane, or maybe you were stacking another lane. So it does give you a bit of point equity in that lane. I don't know if two is going to matter so much because we're talking about a sarah surfer deck usually you're putting out a lot more power than that in the other lead sometimes but you know it's not nothing and i think it just it realigns surfer back into just a more reasonable spot um because plus three just felt like felt like a lot to me i mean plus three was a lot right they took it from like a 318 to like a three you know 12 <laughs> like it's these are like that's what i like about these nerfs right they didn't destroy them these cards are still functional. They still might be the part of the best decks in the game, but they're not what they are right now. And what they are right now is oppressive. I think Silver Surfer especially. Zabu is like sort of obviously broken, right? Silver Surfer is a little less obviously broken, but what it does that I dislike so much is it raises the floor of what a deck has to be to be good. Mm -hmm. And what that means is like, if you're not point slamming, at least on the level that Silver Surfer is, you might as well just not be a real deck. This is what happened to Ongoing Destroyer, things like that. Like, it's a cold world. It is tough to be 
the Silver Surfer. If it, it, it is tough to be not Silver Surfer if you have a similar game plan to Silver Surfer, if that makes sense. Yeah, just it kind of stat checks all the other decks and creates this sort of artificial floor yep, yep. that you need to pass, which is, unfortunately, it was actually quite hard to get above it. You talked about Ongoing Destroyer making its way out of the meta. Uh, yeah. You know, as this, as this kind of came up. Cam, I got to circle back to a point that we made in a previous pod, which was talking about Second Dinner and their reluctance or what would you call it? Reluctance or lack thereof Two nerf cards that were season pass cards. It does look like in lieu of these bands that they are willing to do it. You know, it may have taken a while and we may have gotten a whole entire month with Zabu. So that does benefit the players that did buy the season pass. But I still think that, you know, nerfing Zabu after one month is a quick nerf. You know, it is, it, I could have seen them going the other way. It wouldn't have liked it, but it does seem like they are in a, in a way, you know, prioritizing the health of the game over this sort of, um, you know, pay to win esque thing that was, I don't know if it was correct, but it was starting to creep up as a question at least. What are your thoughts? Yeah, people were definitely wondering, you know, I, here, the thing is, you know, people are still going to be mad, right? <laughs> like, people are still going to be angry at the idea that you can play uh, this card and get an automatic advantage just for including it in your deck, right? Mm-hmm. People are still going to be upset by that, and that's fine. But it's not the end of the world. It's okay. We have counterplay to these cards now. It's not It's not that bad. We are okay. You will be okay. You can play cards against them now. Especially Zabu. Like, now, you know, Wave doesn't counter it so much. Or it doesn't counter Wave decks so much. It still lets you play two cards. It doesn't let you play three after a Wave, which just sort of ended the card entirely. Like, there are things you can do if you want to play Zabu that you can... If you want to counter Zabu that you did not have access to before. In fact, post-potential nerf, we're not even sure it'll be the best thing you can do. It's just sort of a shell we're all already familiar with, and so it tends to get play in that context, right? Mm -hmm. I'm uh, I'm quite happy that of the possibility of moving away from what I thought was slightly a toxic play pattern of the Zabu mirrors and sort of this snap on two, drop Zabu on three, and sort of try to squeeze a cube out of the opponent. Just like this this race to draw that card specifically on three, which it seemed like a lot of the ladder was dominated by. Um, while mm-hmm. that probably still will exist as a thing, I think that you don't. First of all, you don't gain as much equity by getting Zabu on three, and potentially there'll be less Zabu decks on the ladder. So I think that could lead to a more enjoyable experience overall that's the card that i'm personally most excited to see changed and i'm very happy with the change that we have so far yeah there's nothing wrong with getting rid of a card that's powerful enough to generate those situations in my opinion yeah well I would ask you about your week in Marvel Snap, but I want to get I want to just kind of look forward a bit. I want to talk about your your week going into this this upcoming week in Marvel Snap. What are your plans for the the new season? The new season drops. Are you racing to Infinite? Um, talk- yes. Okay. I am. I am absolutely racing to Infinite. That is absolutely what I plan on doing. That is what I was doing before this podcast. That is what I will be doing after this podcast. Mm-hmm. It is happening. Are there any sort of boxes you're trying to tick? Are you trying to be, you know, maybe first person infinite in the world? Are you trying? No. What's your ELO looking like right now? What are your, what are, what are the people? Pretty high as far as I can tell. Yeah. I, uh, I get the sense it is a pretty high ELO. Now, you know what that means? I'm not sure. Does it mean that much? Who knows? Yeah. But, uh, I, I think what it means mostly is, uh, 
I'm okay at the game. <laughs> and, you know, that, that, that's enough for me. Sometimes that's just enough. Yeah, I think more, my question was, uh, you know, it was actually directed on sort of like, what does your initial uh, set of opponents look like going into the beginning of the season? Oh, uh, I think because the servers broke when the patch launched, there were a significant amount of bots uh, early in, in what I was doing here. But I don't think that that is like a serious risk going forward, hopefully. Like, you know, we're, we're, we played some humans uh, before before it ended. Hopefully it won't be literally just bots the entire time that I play any games of Marvel Snap. But, you know, who knows? I suppose it's entirely possible. Yeah, I mean, so we did talk a lot about these the nerfs that were data mined and leaked, but uh, both of us logged on today after the patch dropped, and you know what there was, Cam? It was uh nothing. What what's up with there's that? no nerfs. There was no nerfs. So until they until they actually make these changes, I'm not really sure what they expect us to do other than, you know, play Zabu. <laughs> like, I'm not I'm not sure what their expectations are, but I can tell you that I plan on playing a lot of Zabu. Hell yeah, somebody it's like uh somebody call an ambulance, uh, but not for me. I'm playing But not for me. Not yet. They don't have to call that ambulance for me yet. They may have to call that ambulance for me at some point in the future. Not right now. All right. So let's head into the news here. We did talk about the, the upcoming. Wait, I wanted, to, I wanted to ask you. Same question. What are you going to be playing? Uh, I'm Honestly, I, towards the end of the last season, I really liked Natty Light. Like, I enjoyed that. I guess maybe sure. I was just trying to switch it up, but I found that to be more fun at the end of the season. I might continue playing that at the beginning of the season, but, you know, I'm honestly i'm probably gonna go back if i'm trying to climb i might go back to t-rocks and i might go back to yeah just slamming zabu that's slamming zabu it's like which is <laughs> yeah that is that is a play you can make you know slamming zabu is is rarely an incorrect call in, in marvel snap it's not usually a thing that's gonna mess you up Yep, so with the new season as well, February 6th, uh, today, Modoc drops, and it's a 5-cost, 8-power that reads, on reveal, discard your hand. Um, this, mm -hmm. Cam, thoughts about you, but I, I want to preface this by saying this is, uh, looks, looks a, bit, uh, a bit incongruent in terms of power level compared to Silver Surfer and Zabu, which is okay, which is okay, but coming off these two bangers of cards, uh, what do you think of, uh, of Modoc here? He's not as good. But he does some cool stuff. You know, it's it's not the end of the world. And not every card needs to be like the best card in Marvel Snap to be worth playing, you know? Not every card needs to be, uh, you know, God itself in order to be a card that you should play. And that's that that's fine. It's uh it's it's good, I think, even <laughs> like that the season pass card for this season is not another card in the pattern of Zabu and Silver Surfer. I think that would be much, much worse if the season pass card for this season were uh, a very powerful card like Zabu, like Silver Surfer was. I will say that as of right now, I have not bought this battle pass, but that's not necessarily because I have strong opinions about this battle pass. It's entirely down to the fact that uh, I haven't logged in on mobile yet, and that's the only places I make my purchase. So I probably will buy it. Like getting a card is always worth it for 10 bucks. Yes. For someone like me, at least. And I will want to experiment with Modoc a little bit. I, I, I get the sense that the place people see him as having a role is going to be in uh, decks like Lockjaw, Hella, or not, not necessarily Hella, Lockjaw Discard, 
decks like, you know, Hella Invisible Woman. I am much higher on him in Hella Invisible in Lockjaw Discard than I am in Hella Invisible Woman. I will say that. Absolutely. And in the Lockjaw Discards deck specifically, it helps you on sort of going on turn five, you get the guaranteed discard your swarm, get rid of um, Apocalypse as well, if that's in your deck. But, you know, if you're in one of these discard decks, so you get to get rid of your swarm, copy it, get rid of the Apocalypse, buff the power, but then you also get to get rid of any sort of superfluous cards that have been left in your hand that might get discarded to Dracula at the end of the game. And I think that's like really, really significant, to be honest. I think it's a strict upgrade in some of those decks. So I'm happy to see it. And you're right, we don't need the, the Season Pass card to be absolutely game-breaking every single time. If it did, it would actually be, you know, it would be quite bad. We would just power creep ourselves into season pass cards uh, yep. in perpetuity. Um, but yeah, it's absolutely insane that they haven't added that uh, buying, you know, buying the battle pass, buying the stuff to to desktop yet. I understand the desktop is kind of like, you know, they just made it work. But I think. Oh, no, no, no. It, it works on desktop. I just I, I oh, I have my credit card information saved on mobile. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's not their fault. Is it? Only, it's fine. It's the in-game events that you can't do on desktop. The in-game events are what I can't do. That's correct. Yeah, I cannot do in-game events. And it, and that one, I will say, yeah, it actually is kind of insane that they don't like do that. <laughs> that one is like, you know, like normally I'll be like, all right, you know, like you got to you got to cut them a break here. But I don't think you got to cut them a break on that. I think that's really bad. I think it's really bad that I can't play uh, any of the events unless I decide it's a good idea to log in on mobile. I miss some rewards sometimes, too. Like, I've missed rewards that, like, expired from my inbox because I play on Steam. And so it's just, yeah, I I, I don't mind. I don't mind. I swear, I, it's fine. I mind a little. <laughs> All right, so speaking of card drops, we also had Shadow King drop pretty recently. Shadow King is a four-cost, six-power. It's his own reveal. Set all cards here to their original base power. I think that the, you know, when I first read this card, I was like, oh, another card to go into, like, my pseudo-control disruption deck. You know, that archetype we're just kind of trying to yeah. make work in Marvel's. Do you see Shadow King as playable in the post-Zabu surfer nerf world? What do you think of so? So when I read Shadow King, I was like, this card seems pretty medium, but at least it's a good answer to Devil Dinosaur. And then I learned that it doesn't work on ongoings, and now I think it's the worst card they've put into Series 5. Yeah. I, 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 I just don't understand that. Maybe, maybe I'm... like, There's a decent chance, and I'm serious when I say this, that my brain is too small to comprehend the uh, few situations he'd be very powerful in, because I'm sure they exist. I'm sure there are some situations where Shadow King would be a very powerful thing to do. I don't know what they are. I, I <laughs> is that is that a fair statement? I I don't know what they are. I'm sure they exist. Probably, maybe. I don't know when it would be true. I also have no idea what they are. But um, yeah, I think uh, Valkyrie works. Valkyrie works the same way in terms of uh, Valkyrie the streamer. Valkyrie, Valkyrie. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> Valkyrie. Yeah, Valkyrie. Uh, you'll learn that my pronunciation of words is uh, it, it has some hit or misses. Um, they cr- oh man, you got me with the the Darigen the other the other day. Too. The Darigen, yeah, you're really you're you're a plus on this man. You're you're crushing it. You're doing uh, great. Anyway, Valkyrie, um, yeah, it does the same thing. I've, and I've seen kind of that work out in some uh, when it's cropped up in some Galactus decks. But let's go ahead and head into the bend and snap to the listener quick. Uh, listener let's question. go yeah the band shout out to reese witherspoon reese witherspoon um so yeah if you want to get your question read out on the podcast shoot us a question in the youtube comments below um and we'll get it we'll get it read out this one is going to be for this is from slim jim 281 
Slim Jim asks, what's your opinion on battle mode? Do you like these mm-hmm. 15 to 25 minute games? And would you want a ranked battle mode with random matchmaking and a separate ELO? I think I would lose my mind if there was a ranked battle mode and not in a good way. Um, what I really enjoy about Snap, and I believe Ben Brode did a poll on Twitter that showed that I was far from the only person who really enjoyed this about Snap. Short games. Mm-hmm. I love short games. I love that I can do it while doing other things. I love that I can, and like they've leaned into that with so many that like they wouldn't have an I am on the toilet title if this game wasn't built around playing short games. You know what I mean? Yep. And I just, I think to me, that a ranked battle mode sounds exactly like all the card games I stopped playing to play Snap. Yep. You know, Marvel Snap, uh, the way Marvel Snap works, you know, the short game, sort of like action-packed, uh, everything is kind of clear, very understandable. It, it, makes me one, it makes me wonder if all card games will sort of trend towards this in the future, because I think it's been executed so well that when I go and look at other games, I'm like, why do I need to be playing for 50 minutes? Why do I need to land? Yeah. Land goes. You, have you ever like tried to play a game of Magic the Gathering and it's like, oh, this took an hour and a half? What? Like, yeah. Even if you go to like, like the thing I remember the most from when I played Magic is just how all day it was. Like, it, it, a tournament was all day. You go to FNM, it's all day, and like that's that's actually crazy. It doesn't have to be this way, you know? Like. Grand- and Marvel Snap is out here telling us, hey, you, it really, it does not have to be this way. Yeah, I mean, Grand Prix were 12 to 14 hours. I mean, Flesh and Blood callings are the same thing. Like, yes. They're crazy long. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, like I, the simultaneously resolving turns as well. It's like, why would anybody want to sit there for X amount of time while, while their opponent does everything? It, it's not fun. Um, but let's get back to battle. Sitting through your opponent's turn in Hearthstone is like famously the worst thing about Hearthstone. <laughs> Like, it's, it is the thing everyone hates the most about that game. Everyone loves complaining about, damn, I have to sit through my opponent's stupid-ass turn. And now you don't. Now you don't have to do that. It's incredible. Yeah, playing Magic against, um, you know, like, Turbo Fog, Nexus of Fate, and you're just like, oh my god. Yes! It's a test of patience right there. Um, but how much battle mode have you been able to play? Did you did you play their stream? Did you play against other content creators? Did you have time to dive into it? And so- I played a couple battle mode games against uh, uh, most of my battle mode games came against the human spider, which is to say I played like a couple against him. Mm-hmm. The human spider, for those who don't know, is uh, someone who's in my chat and my discord a lot and is one of the players who did really well in the Nian challenge, an extremely talented player and deck builder. Uh, we, we played some, but most of my battle mode experience, actually, <laughs> this is a little embarrassing. Most of my battle mode experience, I play Agatha because we've discovered thanks to uh shout out to Pilk Enjoyer on the main Marvel Snap discord that, uh, Agatha, it, it turns out Zabu is actually strong enough to make her playable. Really? So... <laughs> That is my battle mode deck du jour at the moment. I, I love playing it. It's a absolute blast. And if anyone ever loses to me, they never hear the end of it. Okay. Yo, could you speak to anything in regards to like, uh, it's compe- do you feel like it has a, a high level? A competitive future? Uh, yeah. Agatha or battle mode? Battle mode. So competitive integrity. You think there could be like high level Marvel Snap tournaments using this format? <sighs> I really hope so. It's definitely got the sort of 
time spent required nature of it to make it less of a RNG fest. I think that's like an objection a lot of people will have to it is like, man, this is like a really random outcome kind of thing. And battle mode spreading the game over uh, a larger period of time does make it so that that is less of an influence on your games. I think battle mode's actually really enjoyable. There's a lot of high level strategy going on there, but this is like a limited perspective, right? I haven't played any high stakes tournaments with it because quite frankly, I don't want to give myself the anxiety of playing those high stakes tournaments. I know I have to do it just for the good of, you know, my stream, my content and to face my own fears. But I yeah, that that's sort of where I'm at with it. OK, and I think I think. I think. It's actually just so good that I can't ignore it. Does that make sense? Mm. Yep, it does. It's just such a good, good thing that I actually like if it was bad, I'd be able to be like, I'd be able to justify, you know, not caring about it too much. But I actually don't think I can. It's super good. Yeah, I'm interested to, you know, play some play some higher end tournaments and, you know, institute some of that sort of dynamic metagaming like on the fly understanding you know progressively understanding your opponent's deck understanding when to retreat and when to snap and it's 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 different versus you know your first game versus your you know your, your third or fourth right when you have more information you know they have a shang chi or you know this i'm I, i'm keen to see how that sort of plays out um at a high level so i'm excited for it but to answer your question slim jim i think that splitting a player base is always a risky move as a as a game developer and i don't think in marvel snap it would be uh, necessarily beneficial um and they they do have a core competency right they have they have a go-to market sort of uh sort of marketing theme here which is you know s play a game on the toilet play quick you know we're playing bots at, at infinite rank which makes no sense but it makes sense in, in the context that you never have to wait for a queue <laughs> so it's you never have to wait for a queue it's magic so they have uh, I think they're going to stick to the guns and if it, even at a fault, I think to, to some points where you're, you know, you're playing bots of high ranks, but you're splitting their player base and creating this battle mode ranked. I, I don't think they'll ever do it, to be honest, but, um, you know, it, it's a cool thought. And I think the battle mode is a huge success. I'm happy that they got it out as fast as they could. My favorite thing about second dinner, by the way, is that they hear community feedback. They see these these core features that the game is missing that obviously would just be net net positive. And then they they crank that out. We don't have to wait yeah. quarters and years and like all this other B BS for basic features. We don't. And what I love is when they when when we get an update cam, they just sprinkle in a little bit of like uh, quality of life stuff. They don't even really tell anybody about. Like you can click your favorite, and your skin goes on everything. Like I mean. Uh, I think the artist stuff, the artist credits is so good. Mm. Artist credits is so good. Yeah, we are. We are absolutely spoiled. Like uh, they they've been doing so well and cranking out so much content for us. But um, all right, we'll go ahead and move on to the main topic, which is the nurse. We talked about it a little bit. Cam, what are your thoughts on uh, on decks to play post nerf? What do you think is going to be good? What is what do you look? What have you got your eyes on first? I crafted two Zabu decks for post nerf because I think its new effect is still pretty powerful in terms of curve smoothing. It allows you to do a lot of cute things. The first is a Sarah deck based on a deck by a player named WW Los. Uh, I call him Wobolos on stream. He's one of the guys I play sometimes. Um, I believe his Twitter is Wobolos underscore CCG, but don't quote me on that. I'm sorry if I got it wrong. And it is the idea of his original deck was just, you know, uh, we're going to leverage Zabu to play like Shang-Chi or whatever. And I think that's actually like probably the most compelling use for Zabu post nerf because 
the, the idea is basically you just put them in a Sarah deck. Mm-hmm. That seems pretty good, right? Like, you put Zabu in a Sarah deck. Your Shang-Chi's an Enchantress cost two post-Sarah. It's like exactly like having old Zabu, right? And uh, that seems like a very, very powerful thing to be doing. Reactive cards are very, very good at winning you these cubes, and people probably aren't going to be expecting a lot of Sarah gameplay. So that that's where my head is at. So Sarah. The other place my head is at is uh, the T-Rocks list. Just we probably cut Chavez now uh, because that deck has a competent backup game plan. It already didn't run too many four drops. The more reliant you are on Zabu, the less I think you want to be playing uh, Zabu post-nerf. Or the less I think you want to be playing the exact same list as you were post-nerf, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... So, Roch. that would be that would be my major concern here. Yeah. What were you saying? Uh, I was just saying, T-Rox is a standout for me, too. Like, I, I think that you're right. Like, the Zabu list... The, I think the Zabu lists of old, or what we were, will refer to as the, the boomer Zabu lists, are the ones that, you know, that were Zabu and then... Basically, an entire deck of four drops. You know, maybe a top. Yes. Conchata. Yeah, those those might be gone, but I think that a Sarah Tech deck is a great idea. Um, you're right. Like having Shang Chi and Enchantress in this in the Sarah shell, which we've seen in the past. We've seen Sarah Tech decks. It's maybe moved away since like Silver Surfer, like Point Slam became a bit more popular, but it could make a resurgence. And I think those decks are those decks are extremely powerful. And T Rocks as well. It's not incredibly reliant on the Zabu. Like that's one of those decks that I've played on ladder, not John Zabu. And one games plenty of times plenty of times um so i think that that's a great choice i want to talk about some other things that i saw on your twitter specifically this uh this thanos this thanos list the oh i love that thanos list talk to me about it's so it's so baller the thanos lockjaw just talk talk to me about this list because i'm i'm a i'm a thanos romantic like i want thanos to be s tier like i just want to be playing that deck that deck it does it and thanos is a card that it's so unique compared to everything else in Marvel Snap because of how much deck manipulation and card draw it gives you. Obviously, it puts more cards in your deck, but it's so interesting. And I just talk to me about this list. I have it pulled up, um, pulled up for the for the listeners here. Uh, that Thanos list is designed by the Human Spider. It is a deck that I think gains a lot from the patch in that you are likely not going to be seeing a ton of Darkhawk anymore, which is a very bad matchup. And you are likely not going to be seeing a ton of Killmonger anymore, which was basically the other bad matchup. That card was mostly played in Silver Surfer. So in theory, if we see less Darkhawk and Killmonger, that deck can be a deck that's really on the upswing. I think the main advantage that Thanos decks tend to have is that they are the kind of deck where your opponent can't ever reasonably play around anything you're doing. Because there are so many things that can go in a Thanos deck that it's impossible, even for someone like me, who's very familiar with the metagame, very familiar with how things played out. Even I have a ton of trouble being like, oh, yeah, I recognize this. I know what Thanos deck this is. Oh, yeah, this is the one with Dr. Octopus instead of Arrow. How are you supposed to know that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how are you in a million years supposed to be aware of that and and so that that's a major advantage of it i think the fact that i tweeted it out is a little bad for uh this this what would normally be a pretty advantageous situation to to, to be in but uh you know sorry i guess human spider himself had already uh released it as it were uh shown it as the thing that he was doing so I don't think it's the end of the world, but it is one of those things where, you know, it, it, it could have been 
it could have been, it probably loses some equity once people know what you're doing, right? If, if you see me on ladder, you know my 12. That's, that's bad. And you know, that sucks. Sometimes, sometimes it goes like that. Sometimes you just give up the equity and not much you can do about it. All right, Cam, but uh, tell me about, uh, tell me your personal feelings, not your thoughts on how powerful the card is, but your personal feelings in regards to, uh, in regards to Lockjaw, because I think last time we talked about the card, you were a bit hot and cold on it. Um, has that changed or does this have a different function here? Yeah, I'm a little hotter on it than I used to be. Uh, when your deck is a Thanos deck, you kind of, you very quickly learn to count how many stones you can roll and do the math on that. Because outside of the stones, that deck has very few bad rolls. Not that I've never lost from, like, rolling a uh, Sunspot when any other card would have won the game. But it's 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 a little more manageable uh, with that deck than it would have been in other situations, I think. That deck is a very powerful uh, application of Lockjaw that I think really leverages... Thanos himself is just one of the most fun cards in the entire game. And I think a deck that leverages him in that way is just a nice thing to have. It's just good. It's good that it's around. I'm glad it's here. I'm glad Thanos is good. He's not always good. You know what I mean? Like, it's not. I didn't think he was going to be good, actually. I thought when he was revealed, I was like, oh, man, this card's going to suck. <laughs> like, this is this is this is going to suck, but it's going to be fun and I'm going to play it anyway. And it turns out that, uh, no, it's actually just awesome. It's actually just a good deck. And I, again, I don't know how much of that is just, you know, people don't know what you're doing, things like that. But it it could be significant. Mm -hmm. It could be a significant player in the future. Yeah. I just know when I queue on ladder, I queue into uh, Den quite a lot, and he is always playing Thanos Bounce. <laughs> always. Yes, Den plays a ton of Thanos Bounce. Talk to me about, uh, speaking of tweets, uh, talk to me about this other list you tweeted out, uh, Clean Up One for One's Zoo list. Is that is this a list you think could, you know, survive in this post-nerf world? I think that list gets a ton of value out of, very specifically, people aren't expecting those cards out of your deck, yeah. right? That's the main value I think it generates. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? But there is something you, you do have to kind of be aware, like, okay, you know, if the main thing you're doing is people aren't expecting these cards out of your deck, when they start expecting them, you're going to be in trouble. That's that's like a big lesson to learn is if, if you're relying on the element of surprise. You better you better know it's a surprise. You better be 100% sure that you're surprising your opponent because cards like Shang-Chi and Enchantress, if if they're expecting them out of a zoo deck, you're going to lose the game. Mm -hmm. They will. They will just play their big stuff on turn six. Those are cards you can play around. Yep. So, yeah, in this list, you have a you have a sort of traditional zoo list, but you've added Shang-Chi and Enchantress two tech cards that are very relevant in the current. Method. To be clear, I didn't add them. Right. Clean up one for one did all the legwork on this list. Twitch.tv slash cleanup141. Yeah, for the people viewing on YouTube, we'll see that uh, the deck name does it does say cleanup141. So actually, it is cut off, so I'm happy you, you referenced that. I didn't notice it was cut off. But um, yeah, that is Cleanup's list. I want to highlight one more list before we, before we move on, which is just a list that I enjoy playing and that I probably will be playing post-nerf. It, it's, it's stock only raised, and I thought that it was very viable and very good 
uh, even in the last battle. And that's Natty Light. I'm about some Natty Light. That's some Natty Light right there. I'm about some Natty Light. Man, we're going back to college. Let's go. Natty Light's uh, it's, it's a bit heavy on the, t- the Series 5. You know, uh, Shuri is important. Shuri is very important to this list. But She's Series 4 now. Series 4. So, yeah. budget. Totally fine. It's totally fine. There's <laughs> nothing wrong. <laughs> it's a budget deck now. Um, yeah. This deck, uh, yeah, this deck is fun to play. I mean, yeah, we've talked about it before, but you know, putting down a 30-power Red Skull, like, not a lot beats that. Like, really not a lot beats that, even with the ongoing effect. You copy that with Taskmaster. Um, this deck, it's quite clear to know when you're going to win the game. If there's more, Sarah, if, if we go into this post-nerf world and everybody's playing Sarah Tech decks, and you got Zulis with freaking Shang, Chi, and Chantress because Cam won't stop tweeting about it, then, yeah, this, hey, <laughs> this list is <laughs> less good. Um, but... Previously, there wasn't a ton of Shang-Chi's running around, and you had armor on the list to sort of insulate against that um, as well. Cam, I want to close out this week's pod with something spicy, but also relevant to the new new shop refresh. We did get uh, a new bundle that dropped. It's a Mr. Negative bundle. (laughs) It is one. What are you what what, what's spicy about this? Do you are do you want me to answer the question you 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 already know the answer to? I already bought that. that (laughs) 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 Yeah. So deep philosophical question. Did you buy the bundle? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. But I want to ask you about the monetization model in Marvel Snap. Do you think that it's too it's too aggressive? Right. Because I think that in my opinion, I feel like Second Dinner has sort of put up this facade and kind of hid behind this concept of like, you're not supposed to own all the cards, but that's not really how card games work, right? It's it's like this ideological sort of vision for a card game, you know, like Richard Garfield, early magic, you just buy a deck, you shuffle it together and nobody knows what each other has. Like nobody's supposed to have multiple Lotuses or even Lotus at all, et cetera. But it just doesn't work like that. It's like, as you trend towards people playing the game more and, you know, people get more serious about it, like they want all the tools. Right. It's it sort of, it sort of makes you wonder because like the the logic they use is, you know, we want this. The, they, they present themselves as, you know, we are idealists. This is what we want in our game. And it is it is, I suppose, I think a more cynical person might say, you know, interesting how your idealism seems to result in uh, making a ton of money, <laughs> like, just a ton, a ton of money. I recently looked through my purchases on Marvel Snap. I have spent four figures on this game since the beta, and I I get it. I'm not the average person. I'm a content creator. I'm not doing the things that a normal quote unquote person would do with their money. But that's still uh, a big, big ask. Right. And I don't even have all the cards. Mm -mm. That's kind of messed up, right? I don't even have all the cards. I remember when I played Hearthstone and the concept of paying $100-ish, you know, maybe even $100 to $200 every time an expansion came out to get all the cars to get close to it was like the most egregious, predatory thing I had ever encountered in my life. But now, here I am in Marvel Snap and I'm spending so much more money than that and I still don't have all the cards. And I wonder, so we talk about them making money, right? Is there a world where their monetization model is so predatory that they actually are forcing players away from the game and they could potentially make more money by having a more realistic monetization model and acquiring more players, right? Because there's a balance. Uh, Maybe? Yes. If it was infinitely expensive, none of us would play it, right? We we just couldn't afford it, assuming you could get no cards without paying. So they, they are trying to strike a balance. I feel like they are too much on the side of just freaking 
crazy expensive, dude. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, it is pricey. It is a pricey game. Yeah. In the and, you know, that it's like, whew. I spend a lot of money on this game. I make a lot of it back, right? Like, it's not like oh, I'm spending all this money. I'm just I'm just an idiot, right? I, I mean, I am an idiot. Don't get me wrong. But like, I'm spending all this money. And also, I get some 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 relief from it. You know, I, I, I am able to stream on Twitch. I am lucky enough to be blessed with a great community that genuinely allows me to feed the beast as it were but like for someone who isn't i can't imagine what it would be like like there's a reason that it's hard for a new streamer of this game to break into this game it's because they probably just don't have the fucking cards and they don't have the outlay and i sort of wonder right like we don't have the cash to outlay and i wonder there's there's like a a famous quote i'm trying to remember it i'm sure i'm gonna butcher it where someone is talking about, you know, Einstein, right? And it's like, I, 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 whenever I think about Einstein, I think about how many other Einsteins died in uh, fields without ever knowing their true potential. How many, how many people who were would have been able to bring something great to the world were not able to do it because just of the nature of how capital and power work in our world. And you see that, like, I get that's a little heavy, but you see that sort of writ small here, right? Because how many great potential streamers are there that would be awesome if they were able to have all the cards, but they don't have the kind of money to get started? How many other awesome content creators would there be? Because I don't know if my spending is an outlier. I actually think, you know, like I spend less money than Dara JN. I spend less money than Jeff Hoogland. And I, I, it's not a coincidence that I just listed like some of the top Snap streamers because people want to see the cards they want to see, you know? I think I think there is something to that. The barrier to I think content creation specifically is yes, extremely high because I I remember some people that had uh, some people in my network because it, my network is consists of a lot of players from other games, specifically Flesh and Blood, had talked about you know playing Marvel Snap, liking Marvel Snap, it's like oh maybe I think I'll do content, maybe I could do you know pool one, pool two content. I'm like. You, you can, right? Like, that's a thing. People yeah. definitely exist in pool one and pool two, but the problem is, is they just trend towards pool three. Like, everybody eventually progresses. Well, I will say, a lot of my best performing videos are budget decks, and I frankly do think there's a huge market for that if you can, you know, pull them off successfully, basically. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if everyone can pull that, that off successfully. That's sort of the larger issue, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a I think a counter argument to us credit or me specifically criticizing the the monetization model is that you know Marvel Snap is actually a very friendly free to play game, and I know you if you if you've just taken sort of face yes. value, you'd be like, what the hell? What does that mean? Well, if you download the game, you can play a lot of Marvel Snap and acquire a lot of cards for free and have a great self contained experience, like a great. You can. Um, it's just that I think that this this. I, this idea that players at sort of the quote-unquote endgame want to have these sort of like unique collections, they don't want all the cards, they don't want all the tools, is 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 absolutely untrue in card games, and it's been shown. It's been shown. If someone plays a card that you physically don't have access to, that's annoying. It's it is. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think, Cam, about collector tokens and collector tokens as a currency to acquire these series four, series five, and you know, obviously series three if you ha- if you're in that situation as well? Uh, cards. Do you think that that is a rewarding system, or does it feel pretty bad at this point? You know, opening all these collect oh. or opening cards. It's like, and I'm just acquiring this like 
uh, currency or something. These number go up. You know what's weird? Mm-hmm. And I know I'm, I know I'm a serial interrupter, and that's that's my that's my mistake. But you you touched on something I was actually thinking about, mm-hmm. which is I have right now. I can go check, but I have probably twelve thousand credits, and I don't want to spend them. Or twelve thousand tokens, and I don't want to spend them because I don't think any of these cards are worth it. Mm-mm. And it's like that's what that's. Uh, I think a lot of people will end up in my situation where, like, wait, suddenly you have more tokens. You 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 don't have enough tokens until you're done wanting things, and then you have too many tokens because you don't want anything. Yeah, and that's like that's weird, right? That's a weird place for uh, me to be in because I don't, I don't think a lot of people are in that place, right? I, I I think they design for people in that place, maybe more than they design for people who aren't in that place. But I, I, I it is weird to exist in this sort of liminal space when all I cared about was tokens for so long, and now it's just like. Uh, you know, that'll be fine. We'll we'll figure it out. Tokens or whatever. I'll get whatever whatever cool that's comes out. And then, then I look at the cards and I'm like, damn, nothing's come cool that's coming out for like a month. That sucks. And then I'm like, oh well that okay. I, I don't know. It's it's a weird system because once you're done wanting things, you 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 realize, oh, I don't need to do any of this. So I would riff off that by saying, and by the way, the people that are watching us on YouTube are actually seeing my shop right now, and I have about eleven thousand tokens. So I'm in, I'm in the same I'm in the same scenario. And the thing is, is it's not that I don't want these cards. I can't justify six thousand tokens for it based off the yep. whole cynical reason that if they release something broken, I want it. Mm-hmm. I want it day of. Um, and yep, that- you always got to keep six k. You always got to keep that six thousand on deck. You know what I mean? Yep. They've made us, they've, they've gotten us to be at that point. You got to keep that, you got to keep it on deck. Yeah. So it's purely for, I guess, I guess, advantage, I guess it's advantage, but yeah, uh, other than that, I'm just going to wait for them to rotate down, like to go down to series four yeah. and try to open them or something like that. Like series five is just, it's insane. Like, um, I think I've gone through thousands of collection levels at this point of them to one series five and a super scroll. Um, but other than that, nothing else. Um, yeah. Bundle prices too damn high i hope that they they do come down it, there's a the trade price is too damn high i yeah i i hope that there is this inflection point in the future where they do sort of come to jesus and are like okay we will reduce it by x percent and they make it dead i guess you know, somewhat more reasonable because at this point it's like you know I, I will spend the money i will do it you know um I, I want to be playing the game i want to have the cards like i'm really enjoying it but there there will be some point it seems like in the future where i'm gonna be like holy shit dude i'm i'm uh <laughs> three years deep and uh <laughs> I, I you know i haven't uh i haven't been paying my car bill for the past three years or something ridiculous <laughs> you look back i haven't been paying like Oof, that's tough. That hits close to home as someone who just had to pay a big expense on his car. That's a tough one. You're just gonna look back at this sunk cost, and you're like, you're used to paying like a hundred bucks or so for some other digital car. You look back at this, and you're like, holy shit! I spent fifteen grand or something. It's just like, yeah. Maybe sometime in the future. All right, let's wrap it back up, Cam. We've got Quantum Media coming up. You're going to be rushing to Infinite. I hope that you know people can go check you out. If you want to see Cam rushing to Infinite, you better go check him out soon because he gets there pretty freaking fast. Um, I do my best. Yep, we talked about the nerfs. Hopefully they come soon. I really do want to see this meta sh- uh, shaken up because um, I do think that 
by these cards being reduced, they will make room potentially for a lot of other interesting decks and archetypes to be playable again, sort of at that that highest level, um, which which is the most important thing, right? And also maybe getting getting rid of that sort of I have Zabu, you have Zabu, who drops it on turn three? I hated that. That was so frustrating. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, we talked about some of the decks there. You know, next next podcast, uh, Cam, I want to talk to you about some of these Series 5 cards coming out this month because some of them look freaking sick. We have Kong, uh, Kong, Ghost. Kong? I'm pretty sure it's Kang. Kang. You know, honestly, I'm just going to make... I'm going to give you the script and you're going to read out the names first. I'm going to go with whatever you say. See, the thing is, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Kang. I'm like... Pretty sure. You know how confident I am? Like, probably 1%. So, I'll go with <laughs> Okay, no, you need to do the George Costanza thing, right? Where, like, you think you know how to pronounce it, just pick a random other pronunciation. Just just do the, the reverse of your instincts. Mm. We have Stature and the Living Tribunal. All of them look pretty pretty cool. I'm, I'm really excited to be digging into those cards uh, soon in the future. All right, let's go ahead and close it out. So, if you're enjoying listening to this podcast... Check us out on ratethispodcast.com slash snapshot. Leave us a review. Um, it helps out more than you can imagine. It's great for that sort of organic, whatever, discoverability. And we've been having a great time so far. And we, we want to thank you all for listening. We've seen a lot of success and we're, we're very thankful for that. And we will continue giving you the content that you, wait, you want week by week. Um, there's a video version of this, obviously, on YouTube at or youtube.com slash at the underscore snapshot. Go ahead and hit that like, subscribe, and karate chop that freaking notification bell while you're there. I'm on Twitter, BrendanAPG. Cam is at KMBestMS. Cam, where can they find you on Twitch for this infinite run-up? Twitch.tv slash KMBestMS. That is where you can find me. That is always where you'll be able to find me. And uh, I hope to see everyone there it's gonna be a blast and a half in my opinion i'm gonna i I really gotta try hard now because i i hate being in not infinite it makes me it's the saddest part of the season but what i'm really gonna try to do is just try to take it as it comes and just play a good games of marvel snap consistently that's really what i'm trying to get done here and you know if i can't do that that sucks, but I'll live. If I can do that, then I will have accomplished my goal. Uh, really, all I'm trying to do is just treat myself right on the climb up, if that makes sense. Hey, man, you can't lose if your win condition is having fun. What is that, uh, what's that stream schedule, by the way? Is it every single night? That is every weekday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's Eastern Standard Time, for those of you who may be wondering. It is also every weekend, and uh, that time is usually a little bit earlier because I know there are people who like to watch from overseas. Uh, That is usually around like three or four Eastern time, depending. Uh, Sundays are a little more firmly earlier than Saturdays. And sometimes I take like one day off, but I think February I have like a nice little ad incentive from Twitch. There's going to be a lot like a lot more content coming out from me on a much more consistent basis which is crazy because i basically do it every day so what i'm what, what i'm talking about is a lot less uh a lot less uh like like my break week this week i i i, I took a break and it was it was it was like a two uh like a two hour stream instead of a four hour stream that was my break yeah awesome well check it out everybody and until next time we will see you in next week's episode
Later.